what is up everybody you are listening to rep your set uh, i am your host eric dane jacquois and tonight is november 20th uh, this is uh, episode 90 of Rep Your Set. It's uh, pretty crazy that this is episode 90. Um, I didn't think that we would get this far, um, but we have done it. And we continue to do it. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we hope you guys keep listening. I don't know. Um, tonight's episode is featuring Greg Vadney from Boyne City. Um, Greg is an awesome musician, awesome guy. I've known him for a long time. And um, he came over. This this was actually recorded in like mid to late September, so some of the stuff has kind of changed. You know, one of the key points that I, I thought was really cool about this episode is Greg talks about how he is on the board committee for the Boyne Area Skate Park. They are building a skate park in Boyne City. This has been an ongoing thing that they've been trying to do for at least 15 plus years. And... Um, sounds like they're they're really moving along um so in this episode he doesn't exactly say the location but now it is public the official location uh from the facebook page that i can tell is uh rotary park in boyne so i just wanted to like kind of share that information because it's up to date um as this episode isn't exactly current you know we don't even talk about it being winter at all <laughs> in this episode and we're, we're just kind of ending our summers um with the old music shtick so Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Vadney. Warning, Rep Your Set may contain explicit content not suitable for kids. All content is intended for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. So, what the hell's been going on with you? A billion things, da 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 da. How, how was summer? <laughs> It's. I, I keep thinking it's over, and then I <laughs> and then not, I and right? then I look at the calendar again, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Yeah, I I totally we we have been feeling that because everything has been like, "Oh, I just can't wait till August is over. Can't wait till summer's over because we're just in the in the grind of gigging and we're you know working the day job, and then it's you know mid September. I'm like, "Damn, we're still we're still kind of going hard, and we have a lot more gigs coming up too." <laughs> Yeah, and then what ends up hap- what has ended up happening for me that keeps coming in and out. What what has kept happening for me is like uh, because I I thought that I was doing this thing that would help by leaving holes in my calendar when I booked at the beginning of the year, and then I ended up being the guy. Uh, I was like, I technically I have availability, but I'd get like twenty four hour notice gigs I, I got a lot of that stuff um which was great it actually was great and i kind of go in and out of like well you know if 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 i would have known this was coming up i could have planned better but i was like that was the entire intention of leaving a hole in my calendar was to to have the availability to do that and it was you know and it was cool because it did it did allow me to meet uh, some new musicians and be that and, and to be like the available side man right for folks that however they got my name ended up getting a hold of me and i and i played a few gigs that were like oh i never that definitely never would have happened if i hadn't left some holes did it what, what were the gigs like were they was it something totally out of your 
like style or no. you know something you would you wouldn't normally do. No, it, they, what it, what happened is that they, they would come through. I'm, I'm speaking like they're like it happened a lot, but no, it was like I ended up doing finally doing a, a good handful of, of gigs with Chris Michaels oh, and cool. um, at, up at Indian River at, at Matt's Brewery, which oh, is yeah. a great spot. Um, and then I grabbed God, was it this year even? Uh, and then I think I hit one at Shorts with Krister, and then there's this um, promoter. Uh, who I've kind of like crossed paths with in promoter world um, that got my name through um, Elizabeth Rivers and Pete Murphy. Oh, yeah. Who are some people that I've worked with a bunch. And I guess he reached out to Elizabeth for an artist that was coming up here and, and he needed a drummer. And And I got that call and I was like, I had to do a little bit of like really quick scrambling to find out if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, it seems like something I should do. But <clears throat> as much as it was cool to meet new musicians and that was, that was great. It was a, uh, blues, uh, piano player and singer named Ari B out of Detroit. And she did sort of, um, you know, like stride piano thing, like early, 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 like thirties and forties jazz style. But I also finally got to like get to the, um, what is it? The pole barn, they call it the shorts pole barn in Elk oh, Rapids, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a sweet spot. It's it's like a little kind of back lot, little fleet situation. It right? is. Yeah. And it's cool. It was a very, it happened to be the weekend of their festival of their like summer festival. Cool vibe close to, you know, so much closer to us than going to Bel Air or Traverse. And, and so I, I, I guess, you know, I, I kind of like massage my way into like who's booking this you know kind of thing and trying to figure out and as it turns out i ended up having to kind of be the showrunner for that because aries very young mm. and we hired a guitar player from nashville that just relocated to um like the cadillac or grand rapids area like southwest michigan somewhere and he was a schooled musician but also a young guy so i like i was kind of running around trying to figure out what we needed and make sure mm. Ari was comfortable and i felt bad for her because she was like definitely far from home and and there was no uh like you know it was very much a gig you show up to and like you know what to do but like <laughs> i do but they didn't and i didn't yeah. and i'd never been there before so i was like all right we're just gonna ask for everything and, and i and th you know there wasn't a ton going on so i didn't feel too much like a pain in the butt and ended up booking some other stuff um coming up through the fall and winter there so that should be cool nice it's a good spot i like it and they have like a good taco truck and whatever oh nice yeah 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 we just played at ethnology holly and i um last night yeah last night and it was <laughs> yeah it was last night huh yeah <laughs> how was it, it? It was, it was, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, um, <clears throat> apparently, um, it was supposed to be a pistol whips gig and then Will, um, couldn't make it. Okay. And I was like, Holly, <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, Holly. <laughs> um, and so we, we did the show and then it started to rain. Oh no. And so, you know, out on the, you guys were out on the patio. Yeah. 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 And so it was like. I mean, it, it wasn't that bad, but you don't want to get... What time did it start raining last night? Yeah, uh, and, and I thought I... It was like 8.44, exactly. <laughs> she remembers. <laughs> I was watching I was the looking. radar. <laughs> well, and it's also kind of like, okay, it's raining. Should we be done? Or like, how much of this do we have to still do? Or yeah. do we relook? What'd you do? Did you relocate? Well, yeah, we, we, we packed up and I just brought an acoustic guitar 
and inside and we just sang and no drums no nothing else just acoustic guitar and voice but then it, it, uh, it made me realize how many songs i just play piano on <laughs> oh yeah exactly because yeah. then at one point she's like just kind of sitting like I'm there. Out of shit to do. <laughs> I'm like, and some guy came up and he's like, "Come on, go ahead and sing." That dude, that is one of the hardest things to com- contend with. With you know the Botala thing when I when you bring something that you're not using, whether that's a person oh. or like a side man. When or, you have a bunch of instruments on yeah. stage that maybe you don't use. All yeah, the time. and and the general self consciousness of like I'm aware these are here, and you know, even when I'm feel when that song or when that part of the show happens, it's like here's some fireworks over here and then it's like they're still there and so everyone that like grab it that like that it's like do more of that and it's like <laughs> yeah but I, I'm not now and and I'm the whole time thinking about it so yeah it's mm-hmm. very like yeah that can be a head job for sure for sure that just made me think of a video we watched about audience capture uh, have you heard of this no so you know a person who is on stage you know is performing something and they can, you know, uh, persuade a crowd or like make a crowd feel a certain thing and they, and they can kind of become hypnotized, right? You know, everybody's sitting and watching stand-up okay. comedy. Everybody's yeah. together all on the same page. Yep. And, you know, and, and that's called, you know, I, I don't know what that part is called, but the idea is that you're doing a certain act. You're doing it for a crowd. The crowd is hypnotized, but then they also hypnotize the performer by going like, yes, we like this. And then the person on stage is like, oh, but they're captured by the audience. You know what I mean? Well, and then and that assumes or requires you to like to engage the crowd in a way that's so, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but it's like hard to look up when you don't have to. Yeah. And then the, then the whole time it's like, I should. And on the very few occasions that I feel like, oh, I feel like engaging tonight or you show up comfortable, you know, whatever the timing is where you show up, load in and the crowd doesn't turn over, you know, that, that whole thing. Like when you show up, the people that you load in for are generally not the people that are going to be there true. when you start playing. Yeah, that's you know, true. Or do, like, kind of for the gigs we do, whatever, you know. And like, they say like, we're leaving, but it's not because of you. Right. We just have to go. Like, <laughs> no <yeah>. shit. <laughs> well, please. <laughs> and, and, and that idea of, of audience capture, that, that that's very... No, I don't know if I want to think about that. (laughs) I don't either. I think it's why a lot of people feel like they have to stick to the same genre. I think that's why, like, you know, I mean, writers, musicians, anybody, it's why, um, you know, influencers keep making more and more extreme content, which is what the video is about specifically. Uh, Yeah. So the the video was about... um, Vegan violinist. A vegan violinist who was documenting his life, trying to make it big on YouTube. And he started going into the veganism more via his YouTube channel. And then he has a bunch of adverse you know, reactions from being a vegan. And he's like, you know what? I'm going in the complete opposite direction and, and just watch, watch me eat dinner. And then so he films himself eating dinner and he's having a nice dinner and a conversation with the camera. People engage with it because they're like, oh, I feel like I'm eating dinner with this person, which is a, which is it's a whole nother weird thing. Right. But then, you know, he, he does an episode where he eats like extra spicy food. and they're like, Oh, do this. And so, 
you know, eat this, eat more of this. And he starts trying to please everybody. Ooh. This guy from, goes from being a vegan violinist to skinny, super, super skinny, skinny to like over 300 pounds. And he's eating everything off of the Taco Bell menu. He's eating over. I mean, he's like literally uh, covered in like big purple stretch marks, like yeah. just grotesquely obese. It's horrible. And, and that, so that was so weird, man. I mean, I, 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 that's like, that's how those things happen. You know, you think about it and, and, and with with the influencer thing or with, with these different people ch- chasing it like trying to get an online presence trying to get yeah. attention it's like it's trying to get attention oh my god and the level it, when when you said it, um you mentioned something like uh at the beginning of that and it reminded me of that comedian jamie kilstein um and, and you know people that listen to lots of comedy podcasts I think you might remember he he was he kind of did that thing and I don't know kind of where he landed but he ended up he ended up making uh, ideology part of his comedy and it ended up consuming him and chewing him up and spitting him out and he got in mm-hmm. all, all the kinds of trouble that you get in trying to please people uh, especially in like the, kind of that world and so now he's I guess free or at least like leaning on the other, on the other side of things. And it's just odd to watch people chase that. And it makes me wonder, you know, about that world of people that are making, that are, that really are making a living trying to appeal to, you know, the, to the crowd, you know? Yeah. And I want, it's like, I think there, that's a natural inclination. You want to do that, but then you also, and and I think we've talked about this too, is like you do kind of end up written, not in a bad way, but like you do kind of end up resenting the the people in the room because it's never, it's never what you want it to be. <laughs> like it's, you're never going to get what you think you want, you know, in, on a given night from, from a room, you know, being surprised by what ha- happens on a gig uh, or a performance, I think is the best you could hope for, but for, for good or bad, you know, expectations always end up leaving you kind of feeling short Yeah. at the end of the day. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I mean, and I, I've been trying to relate this idea to like playing music, you know, where it's like, am I writing this song to get a reaction out of people? Am I writing it? It just makes me question all of my motives to make sure that they're always, I don't know how you guys write music. I, <laughs> more and more I think about I think about it when I'm driving and I've avo- I've made <laughs> I've made myself very busy avoiding the creative process but being in right in it yeah because you're you're the guy that people can call like I need a drummer for tonight or I you know like and you show up I've made myself so busy in a way that it, it gives me an excuse not to have to be responsible for making anything and when you know in, in the winter time it, it it's different i guess and i just i did just literally over the last week i bought an mpc and i talked to al recent back and i i'd been thinking about it but my my 15 year old mason he has been asking me to like make help him learn how to make beats and i've got you've been you know to my studio like i have everything yeah but it's the process of getting a kid who's not who wants to do everything on his own Mm. to 
I have my studio's never hooked up all the same either. You, I mean, I know how that goes. You, you have everything hooked up a certain way for a certain project, and it's a living thing. And when you're done, it's like it's this way today, but tomorrow it's not going to be. And I've, they're not afraid to push buttons and turn things on, but it's complicated if you haven't had to go through the process of, you know, following the chains of ins and outs, keyboards and mixers and loopers and all and the computer part, you know, forget about that. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's taken me 10 years to, to get comfortable with and I still don't ever finish anything. So I threw all that out cause he wants to make beats and I know what they're listening to. And I, and I'm like, well, the MPC is something I've never owned that I've avoided getting. I got one right over there. MPC one. Ah, I got that. That is so hard too. to use. <laughs> Talk to Al. Yeah. And sorry, Al, if you're listening, uh, he is a wizard, obviously. And he's, he is somebody that knows, I think in our world, you know, if I think of, uh, you know, Al's got one, Andy Fedig's got one for sure. Why am I blanking on the other person that I know has one? Lots of our friends, yeah. oh, and Clark. Well, Clark's kind of, I think, adjacent with, with Al in that regard, but they're, always good at, at finding ways to produce stuff using these tools and uh, I guess kind of backing out to all that my son giving me a reason to have an excuse to buy one and <laughs> yeah. and the neat thing that Al that Al said which I totally laughed about was he's like it's not hooked up to the internet you know it's not connected to your phone or the internet it's a standalone thing it's battery use. powered it's got six hour battery and internal speakers so you don't have to plug it into anything either oh, cool. so and all of that I was like okay that that you know, to me, I'm like, okay, I, I was, I was, I was next, it was this or the live two. Mm. And, um, and I just, you know, jumped one more up because of talking to Al and I just had that, that I was like, well, I have an excuse. <laughs> and then I sold a couple other pieces of equipment, but yeah, finding a way to finding a way to streamline the process of going from an idea to something yeah. reasonably produced you know and you know if the kids use it well you know we all more power to them and i'm glad i have it for that too but at least then i'll have something that's you know all in one spot yeah yeah because the studio stuff it just gets so expansive and i've got things in the garage and i'm running up and down the stairs and the dogs are barking and it's just so hard to do and and having listened to what you guys are doing to to do all all of what is required to start create and finish a project it it's so funny how the world is so against you <laughs> in doing that <laughs> all the little things that pop up when, yeah. when you're doing it yeah i was just saying it to holly the other day i was like man we recorded an album we actually did it I was like, how the hell did we do I feel do like it? I don't even remember it happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like blacked out and had a CD in my hand. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such a, man, It it's so worth it once you get it done. Yeah. I mean, it takes so much time. I mean, in the sense of like, man, we did this. Mm -hmm. This is the thing in our hand now. Like, it's so cool. Like but I don't want to do another one right away. <laughs> you it, don't? Well, I not, do. Well, not like not making a CD. Like we talked about how we're going to do lots of things that we can just put out quickly and put on Spotify. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's really how people want to listen to music. Like for sure. People will buy your yeah. CD to be nice, but they want to listen to your music on Spotify. Yep. <laughs> well, if they yeah. like a band, if you like 
fall in love with a band that you see live in public that you were unfamiliar with before, you know, and you're like, I want to walk away with something, yeah. you know, and a CD is like the perfect thing or a shirt or t-shirt. whatever. Yeah. T-shirt say, is the next. I'd say t-shirt, CD, close second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. It's yeah, funny it's how much I think about t-shirt. merch in that, in that way now. And Christy and I, this whole year we've, we've been getting, um, we were doing like a lot of comedy stuff and, um, where I'm, I'm like, I'm ordering shirts. I'm when I go to shows, I'm like, that's what I'm looking for is a t-shirt, you know? And, and, and all these other things that I've got going on too. It's like the merch thing. I'm not wearing that shirt. Um, (laughs) ends up being, it's kind of crucial, you know? Yeah. It's a hard thing to get right, but it's, I think, I think worth it. And on fundraising size too, like I was, I just had the skate park meeting today and we're talking about making shirts or hats or stickers or, you know, what, what's going to happen in that regard. I'm looking at what the Tomba group, the Michigan mountain bike group does for fundraising. And, and it's just kind of swirling around in this giant, like merch fundraising and like that, that, and the cost at the end of the day of what that stuff costs. And I don't know, I am so bad at, at, it's seeing things through to or or understanding the 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 real full impact of a financial endeavor like that. I tried making shirts before and it was bad. <laughs> for, for for which for which act? Uh, I'm in, <laughs> when all the breweries opened up in Boyne City in two th- whatever it was like four or five years ago. Um, one of the years at uh, Seoul up at Tim's farm. I was talking to Frank about making shirts because Frank Nowak makes the shirts for a lot of things and he works at the print shop up there in Petoskey and he's like, he gave me some tips. It's like, no, I have this idea. Like, we'll make a map of all the breweries in Boyne City and we'll like the Boyne City, like, I can't even remember what it was called now. I think I might have two or three of them left, but I <laughs> made way too many. <laughs> Actually, Eric um, Van Horn did the art on the back of it and, and I'm like, we'll, we'll do this whole thing. I spent a ton of money ordered a bunch like too many shirts they were shitty shirts it, it didn't they i guess they didn't look great i sold a batch to um what was what's 220 i, I get them all confused it's oh, like yeah, I know, pub right? that's on the corner there yeah and, Bo- is it is it boyne city tap room yeah something yeah. like that it's either boyne city or lake street or whatever that tap room is lake there. street pub i think or maybe but it's the one on the corner that used to be 220 yeah 220 the tannery yeah, they used to be seven monks. No, oh, no. So that's okay. yeah, My that's. Bad. So I, I sold a batch of shirts to the one on the corner, and and I was like, here we go, and I went around town, and <laughs> here we go, and and I was. It's you stumbling around with a shirt on, getting drunk, like. Hey. It wasn't even that. Well, we sold some during Fourth of July. I was like doing them one off for a while, and then I couldn't keep track. And I made like invoices for myself, and I was like, I got to keep track of this, like it's a business. And then it went for three weeks, and then I'm like, wow this was a failure and I brought him over to the hangar in Gaylord and left him in a box over there for two or three years. And then one, one day when I was cleaning him out, I'm like, I'm just throwing these things away. It was just like, <laughs> it was a, a failure. It was, oh, a, it was an epic no. failure. But, but so you're making, you're, you're talking about making shirts possibly for, to promote the skate park. Right? Yes. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm going to do so, it differently now. I remember, I feel like they talked about doing a skate park in Boyne city. Like, year like 15 20 years ago yes and it never happened and there, so there was a skate park over at avalanche they had sort of some um mm. modular pieces of equipment up there and 
over time it just got beat up and then there was a there was a group that was interested and then it just kept it 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 just kind of ages out so I've gone back and I've looked at all the minutes. I'm on the Parks and Rec board in Boyne City, so I got all the minutes from the previous years of attempting to do this. Okay. And I and like read through them. I'm like, okay, this is the story. And we're in the fourth iteration of trying to get a skate park built, and um, which is actually funny because I talked to the city manager up in Houghton in the UP. They built one in 2018, and he's like, man, it just takes it takes. You, you need a motivated group and it takes like several attempts. And he goes, I think this was our fourth attempt by the time that we got it built. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, this is the fourth time that they've tried it in Boeing. <laughs> but um, I started about two years ago, right before COVID with my kids and they were two years younger, which is a long time when they're, you know, between 10 and at the time, 12, 13, whatever it was. And we we're just starting to get it spun up like the the idea and I'd gotten everything together and we had a meeting and then everything just kind of evaporated. And right. so then it went on the back burner and then, um, uh, about, I guess it would be f- probably four or five months ago. Somebody started asking around cause I'd started a Facebook page at the time. She was like, who's running this page? Is anybody in charge of this? And I, I was like, oh yeah, sorry, that was me. We we tried, but I didn't have any any help. And uh, Alicia, um, and do you know Chad Muma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Chad Muma. He and his and his wife Alicia are um, have really uh, spearheaded. Alicia really has spearheaded the the new attempt at at getting this thing off the ground. And we're really, really pushing it forward. So right now we're just at the point where we need to have uh, location approval, but we've got a lot of other things sort of like ready to go. It's kind of we had a we had a meeting today actually this morning. It was it was uh, encouraging, but then like I keep having to be gone for the, the last two meetings or the last meeting I missed. We went and saw John Mulaney a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool! That was our that was last month's meeting. I should have been there. And then this next one, <laughs> outing yourself. Yeah, and then on October. I mean, I you know, it's, I didn't plan on it. No. But, I, and then and then I I planned on the the comedy show. I didn't expect the board meeting to fall that night. And then in October, the next one that we're supposed to really get location approval, Christy and I are going to Vegas <laughs> for, we volunteered for skank fest. You know, like the, you know what that is? It's no. comedy. So like the, the East, East coast, New York comedy scene, uh, sort of podcast guys. And you know, it's a ton of comedians that you'd probably names you'd recognize. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Mm. But I got really into the East coast scene. Like, over the last three or four years, I just kind of got sick of LA podcast stuff and mm. comedy. I just like, it's been a long time. And I started watching all these other guys. And then there's this whole like ecosystem of East coast comedians. And they're, it, you know, they have a, a festival. It's about three years old now. Clark actually played at the one, the first one they did, I think in, in New York in Brooklyn or no, no, no. Maybe that was the one in, in Houston. They've moved it every oh, year. Okay. But Christy and I wanted to go and we volunteered and um, they accepted us. Oh, cool. So we didn't have to buy like all access passes. We're, we're basically just working as volunteers, which is what we like to do anyways at festivals. We don't like to go and stand around. Like you've seen what we do at Bliss. We just sit in our spot and like hang out with our friends. Right, right. We rarely get to go anywhere. We just like hang and party and right. like make food and make sure everybody has silly little experiences. So I was like, that's definitely what we want to do and it just 
happens to fall at the next skate park uh, or the next parks and rec board, board meeting. So I might try to zoom in um, when when we land because the time change might might allow for me to do that. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't figured that out yet. Well, so where is the location of the skate park going to be? I'm not going to say. Oh, is it not? We have say. we have three locations and I've kind of made it among the board members. I'm like, don't say anything about where we're talking about doing it because I don't know how much you guys follow the local Boyne City Facebook pages, but they tend to be fairly excitable. Dude, people talk some shit it gets on the wild Boyne, the Boyne City buzz page. It gets wild. Yeah. It gets wild. People talking shit about like, you know, I went to this restaurant and my fries were cold and fuck this place. Oh you know, it's just like it's a lot of angry people that have been there for way too long. Yeah. And that uh, that tends to be one of the problems or they're not a, even in the state of Michigan and they're just coming to oh, stir really? shit. It's see, I, I, it seems. And I try to be, I try to be like, like re- maybe it's like bots or trolls or something. No, or? I, I just think it's like vacationers that, that try to see, keep, keep track of what's going on. And oh, I think okay. they have oh. a bit of a removed um, perspective that makes it easy to kind of poke that. And right. I feel that same way, in a, but I live there, but I also kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I've lived in that town for 15 years, but I'm never going to, like, we are never going to be like, you know. Right, right, right. You know. So, and it is what it is. But I watch what there's going on with that marina and and being on one of the boards, I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine. Well, I I see your posts on there. Good. You know, on the, on the Boyne City bus (laughs) days. I try to be fair. I don't, I don't get on there. I, I mean, I'm, I get online it seems like to do the community calendar now to look up like shows yeah. and stuff. And then, you know, maybe for 20 minutes a night, like I'll sit there and just like, like a zombie just scrolling through That's videos. Easy to do. You know what I mean? Like one, one video hits you and you're just like, Oh, my phone knows that I'm afraid of bears <laughs> and yeah. it will show me videos of fucking bears attacking people in the woods. And I'm like, Oh, of course, you know? And, but then I'll see you like your posts and I'm like, Oh good. cool. Like this is, I, I want to know more about it, you know? Well, and I'm, I'm glad good. that it's happening. Well, and I'm glad that you're seeing informational things. I try to be, I, I, I try to be aware cause I have a, you know, there's like the way that I hear my voice in my head mm. and then there's the way that I actually talk and then there's the way that you type on the internet and those things get all confused, you know, yeah. between these different mediums. So, and I try to say that when I'm on these boards, like I'm on the, the, the skateboard and the parks and rec board or when I'm in a play or, you know, when I'm in the oil and gas thing and all these different things that I do. I, I know that there's a way that I talk and I've said this before. It's like, I know there's a way that I talk that sounds like very convinced and can, can like I speak with conviction, but that that's just however I've developed. It might even be like a uh, defense mechanism, mm. you know? Mm. And it's either like being funny, like writing with sarcasm doesn't work, but that's the way it comes out. So I try to be careful about doing that when I know that I'm speaking on behalf of the skate park <laughs> yeah. or trying not to like people are so sensitive and I know it and all you got to do. I mean, it's so easy. I, it's so easy just to be like, all I got to do is do this one thing and yep. it will, and it, and it will, changes the entire yeah. way you, I mean, you can come explode off, right? an entire, you know, thing just by saying a thing on, on these, on those city pages. So, but I'm trying to communicate information. And so I try to be 
clear in that way and turn down the like yeah 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 you know turn that down but that's interesting that's hard sometimes that's like a whole other world i guess right i mean like a specifically with like the i'm i'm only referring to the boyne city buzz page you know what i'm talking about that's the one that's the one i that's the one yeah i feel like i need to look at it now while you guys are talking oh yeah 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 there's always some there's always something kicking off on that page yeah it's hilarious and it's i mean like when i first like someone was like someone invited you to the Boyne City but and I'm like who would do that and I was just like oh it was just some you, random you Boyne. gotta be a part of this yeah I was like okay <laughs> I don't ever post there but I do read and it was like oh there's a you know a what's going on with the school you know like school yeah. today or this and this you know and then it got to the point where it's like I had to wait for my french fries for 40 minutes and I'm like it's a lot of arbitrary stuff okay why is that here yeah. you know like let's maybe leave this here and it's broken into various factions of of like uh, it's of the like uh, who's been here longer and who has the right to have an opinion about what goes on in the town right it, I mean I, I, it, and it's, it's petty and I tried, it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's, it's laughable, but I, I do at, at a certain point, I feel like I feel bad because if that's sort of the Alamo for the people that don't f- feel like they have anything else to fight about, or like they really feel like this is it, then I, I, I feel bad. I mean, I do feel bad if people honestly carry the, intensity that I see on that page into like into their lives. And I don't think they do. I think that's the same thing. I don't thing. know, man. Some people love to talk shit to people online. Yeah. Well, I, I've yeah. seen people who just, they wake up in the morning, they have their coffee, they smoke a cigarette and then they love to just rip people a new one. And they're like, ha, yeah. I did it. Yeah. I've but definitely dated people who did that for fun. I don't believe that, that like that's one thing, but like the world's, the actual world's different. Yeah. And I've had the, I've had those conversations and, and in my various jobs and endeavors, you, you deal with everybody. Like everybody is really just for the most part, normal. They really are, you know, and I knock, I mean, I knock on doors for a living and I talk to all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds and I have to be very diplomatic and I've had to be extremely diplomatic over the last few years because you just, you're walking into people's lives and trying well, it's to, different now. It seems it like, is very you know? different now and trying to negotiate deals at a kitchen table with somebody and, and just letting them, you know, it, I'm in there. I'm in your kitchen, man. Like let's have a conversation and, you know, and there's a lot of assumptions being thrown back and forth and, and, and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's funny. You were just dying laughing for a second. Was there something on the page there, that <laughs> there was a post a girl's like looking for a room to rent and she posted like a selfie <laughs> with her post and this guy commented absolutely beautiful and I was like Yeah God damn if that isn't That's just, as pleasant as I if mean, that doesn't just sum up what it's like to yeah. be a woman looking for anything <laughs> in yeah. the world. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, can you get this can of green beans for me? Wow, you're absolutely beautiful. Like it it's just <laughs> I saw that one that's been up there for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Some thoughts about that, too. That's an interesting choice Yeah, in northern Michigan to look for a room. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny, though, because when, uh, when, you, when you brought up, like, the writing from, like, sarcasm or just, you know, 
just kind of twisting a little a little bit to like have some fun with it. Um, I was on Craigslist looking for instruments years ago. And you had made a post on Craigslist and dude, I was reading it. And by the time I'd gotten to the bottom, I'm like, this has to be Greg. Like, I swear to God, I was like, and I like looked at the, and I call, I'm like, dude, it's Greg. I fucking knew it. And it was, it was for a, it was a, one of those Korg, right? Uh, yeah. Micro synth Korg. And yeah, you were oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You bought that. I bought this at PacSun and, <laughs> and this is like, I, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, is this guy for fucking real? Like, like. You know, this is like one of the best pieces of equipment you can buy at PacSun. And like talking about how you went there for clothes, but I left with an analog synthesizer <laughs> and I just have to sell it though because of blah, blah, 175 bucks. And I'm like, who is this fucking I guy I'm about to call? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. No, I used to do a lot of on Craigslist that was like in the early days of not of because I was so I was an English major screenwriting playwriting english history like i i like to write it was funny to me and i didn't get and and i never went down i went never went too far down the like f- like fucking with people in a evil way rabbit hole right, right, <laughs> but yeah. the, but like it occasionally in my mind when i see like ads for bumper stickers and t-shirts for things these days i'm like how stupid how easy would it be to take people's money by just looking at what they're into and being like here's all the things you believe now buy this thing i'm selling that that says all the things you believe and you can see that on the way that the social media has become a commerce you know hub for Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and i think the idea of of trolling if that's what it is or just the like the humor involved in fucking around with what those things used to be is just so dead because it's it it you can't tell what's real or fake anymore yeah when i when i started point. doing that i thought this is this is like this is definitely funny to me and i know anybody that's got a sense of humor will read this right but then as i as then i saw what happened with social media i was like oh this you can't tell I didn't get that you couldn't tell. I thought it was obvious because yeah. the onion was always funny to me. And the AV club was another one before the um, hard times. Yeah. But, like but the AV club actually, I was thinking about, do you remember when the onion was printed? No, not really. Okay. Do you know what the onion is? Yeah. Okay. So it used to be a print newspaper and it was, they had funny there. They had the usual onion stuff, but then they had the AV club. They had other things that were normal. Okay parts of this paper right oh. so so the av club would would do legit like music movie you know reviews and all this sort of thing but they would have a spin on it and actually one of them reminded i was thinking when i when you guys were talking on a, a few podcasts ago it was exactly an onion it was the av clubs it was watching something for the first time that's 20 years old uh. so they would find people that had like never seen top gun or never seen <laughs> i would be great for this <laughs> and, yeah, and, true. and it was gen- it, but it was written it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be funny it was oh, their yeah. genuine impressions they were like so it was a way to to watch these things for the first time through the eyes of somebody that didn't have it as a part of their like yeah cultural background at all yeah. you know which is a hilarious 
thought, you know, for, yeah. especially for a media, for like, for reviewing something in the media <sighs> from that, from that perspective, it just, I, it, it always caught me as a really, it was, that was, that was cool. That was one of the cool things that the onion did before, you know, the internet subsumed it into, mm. into just a headline, which is really what it is now, which yeah. is fine. It, it, it's still funny. It is. Yeah. But all of that stuff makes me laugh. So it was, it's easy to do that. And I used, I, I did a long one, one more of those that I did the last time, the last most successful one of those I ever did was on Facebook and Christy for, for a post. Yeah. So there was just some random, it was a, it was a Salvador Dali painting and, you know, and I, I looked and there weren't a lot of comments on it. And I, and I made it, I made a comment about how, you know, obnoxious it was to like, this is not what a woman is supposed to look like and how terrible of a, of a service he did to the, the female figure. And like, it was just kind of, it's surrealism, right? <laughs> you know, but it was like, it was obviously somebody that didn't know what surrealism was, but making a comment <laughs> on how bad of an artist he was because he was, you know, misrepresenting so what the happened? womanly thing. It, would, it was like turning into like a 1500 comment thread and, and it was <sighs> almost 50, 50, like people that totally got it. And then, thought it was hilarious and then people that were really like wound up about it people that were like you're right no or, well i'm right or do you not understand don't you get what this is and like i can't remember exactly the angle that i took on it but it, it was it was basically it was basically the joke was i don't understand what surrealism is yeah and he did a bad job because that doesn't look like a woman at all right right, right. <laughs> yeah super ba- like yeah <laughs> like a super like basic thing to say yeah, about but, something but like. it, i think and i don't know what page it was on but it was like it was a lot of art people that <laughs> it's salvador dali it's like the most pedestrian accessible artist that you could think of. It's, it's like the surrealist you know yeah so how would you not know that like how could you turn a computer on and not know what salvador dali is right but we're know. saying that like about like Pablo <laughs> I'm like Picasso. i have no idea who you guys are talking oh, really? about <laughs> <laughs> well um, you recognize the painting <laughs> Uh, <laughs> melting clocks. Yes, melting clocks. <laughs> is that what it's called? What is it called? I don't even know. Um, yeah, something like that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, so I, that that was, and then and then after that, I did a few more of those types of things. But well, you know, it's whatever. I mean, it's just. Well, dude, it's hard. It, it really, I think, as we move into the future, it's gonna like like the whole birds aren't real movement. I love that. Right. I love that. <laughs> the idea is that it's a joke, but now it's becoming. Like a reality. Well, that and and that and and all the uh, conspiracy stuff. It is so. Um, and having kids and watching them navigate that because I was really concerned about this as my kids were like in the early teens because it sort of was this nascent. It was this? Did I say that word already? I feel like I said that today. Are you holding the mic cord like in a oh, weird spot? Yeah. It might be. I, it I might just, still be me because I, I can't hear anything with the headphones. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. There it is. <laughs> is it good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, nobody move. Nobody move. Um, this is a podcast. Nobody move. Conspiracy theory stuff and 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 the internet. Um, so and like the Alex Jones thing and all of this. Do you know what Coast to Coast AM is? No. Okay. Coast to Coast AM. You know, AM radio. Okay. Okay. When I was like nineteen, uh, living out in the Southwest as when you're up late at night at about 1230, this was like before the internet had anything broadcasting. It was just AM radio and the radio stations yeah. like broadcast. 
so there's a, a show called Coast to Coast AM, and 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 of the forty or so people that might be regular listeners, half of them might know this, half of them might not. But uh, it was Art Bell originally, and then George Nori, and and a cast of other people. But it was basically like a three-hour show about UFOs and the paranormal. Okay. And they have the first hour was like callers, and then the second two hours was like the feature person. It was a podcast. Yeah, Basically. back back in the day, um, and all of the people like George Giorgio Sukalos and and uh, like every every person that you've ever seen on like Ancient Aliens or any of these paranormal shows were all were all like guests on this show, um, and they it 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 and Alex Jones was always was always one of them as well because yeah. he he like had the conspiracy thing like firmly in his hip pocket and at the time he was like the hero to everybody that was upset you know with with the right wing which was hilarious to see how that's flipped or you know now kind of tragic but mm. all of that is to say I developed a pretty good sense of like the history of these conspiracy theories and watching it all come out and and listening to like adults talk about planet x and all these different things i like i know these are all they're like ghost stories that that have been passed down from radio shows mm. that have popped back up on the internet to dumb right. people that have never read anything that i'm sorry maybe people that are super interested in the occult you know that have followed these threads but you know it's all like all of this conspiracy stuff has come back up and it's all it's all recycled from stuff that's been happening for 20 years on the radio already. So for, for it to be like this new secret thing, it's like, you guys, this has been for, this has been forever, you know? Right. And you know, the worst is that occasionally some of that stuff ends up being real. Not like, especially now with the UFO thing, like, yeah. I mean, I keep hearing like, Oh yeah, they're confirming that, you know, that there's some UFO activity, but other than that, I don't really ever, hear much about it but i, I don't kind of thought we all believed in aliens right <laughs> yeah true <laughs> like yeah come on we're all adults here we right. all believe in aliens well right? <laughs> and, and that, that was always my thing and living out in the southwest you're like yeah for sure right because it's all <laughs> for always and we had we had cattle mutilations and all these sorts of things like oh weird. all of the traditional stuff like just happens out there and you see a ton of the sky out there mm. if you look at a if you look at a a uh, a map of the United States at night and, and look in the West and you see all the darkness, the the sky you can see out there is, I mean, it's unreal. Like we right. can see some good dark stuff up here where we yeah. are, but it's, it's another level out there. It's just, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's undeniable that, that the universe is just gigantic, expansive thing and we're just a speck of nothing, you know, in all of this, which is cool. And I don't even, and I don't even try to like examine what the meaning or like, it doesn't matter to me what this, what it means. It's just the, the perspective, you know, and I, right. cosmic perspective is an important thing to have, especially when you get caught up in the like frantic, um, compressed space of what we've put ourselves into now where like oh my god the day started and I've got a thousand things to do I have to do all this stuff and like life just feels like it's crushing you <laughs> and this like if there's a way if there is a way to just take a breath and, and remember that oh yeah yeah like it's all just 
nothing you know yeah. it, it, it not in a bad way no but i mean it's like everything matters and nothing matters yes right i mean that's the way i've been feeling about everything lately i literally we just talked about this yeah like in the last yeah day it's like nothing so. matters but you still have to do all the things that you still yeah. have to do right yeah <laughs> no, like, I mean, it's, it's it's like it's all shit that we created yeah because we just got smart yeah you know because we became self-aware you know well, and, and like my dad, I, I have this thing and, and watching my parents get old and, and, you know, I grew up in an Italian Catholic family, but in a, in a, almost a performative way, it was very, it was like, you know, we all went to Catholic school and we're a generation rem- removed from the old world. So there's a lot of like the old school traditions, but at, at, at now like my parents' generation is the one where, where it kind of really started to taper off but i hear my dad starting to who never talked about anything like that he's just kind of like well you know you got to believe in something and i'm like yeah you know and 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 to me i'm like i'm not i don't argue about shit with my dad anymore like i've never been more aligned with him on everything Mm. but when when we get into like spirituality it's fascinating and i kind of like to hear him talk about it because that's nothing that's something he never talked about but it and the other thing that he never talked about and I never thought would come up was the UFO thing because I I just put that shit to bed like four years ago where I'm like whatever it's probably it's totally explainable you know we got to have all this stuff and then <laughs> my dad is a retired three-star general in the army <laughs> top secret clearance never never <laughs> been this guy he's like what do you think about this UFO stuff? And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> because it had, that's right about when it started to come up with the, the you know, the 2004 Nimitz or the, you know, thing that we're all seeing that Tic Tac. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that one, he's like, you know, he's like, there's something to that. And I'm like, like, shut up. I was like, dad, I can't, I, really? Are we going to go into, uh, is this, are we going to start talking about UFOs? <laughs> I get, it's like, I got excited, but then I also kind of got like, a little bit scared because like (laughs) (laughs) like you know right so he's the open-minded and and you know there's he's always said you know and i'll tell you guys some other stuff when we're off the mic but like (laughs) there's definitely more to that than than we know yeah yeah yeah. i think it seems absurd that we would be the only intelligent life in the infinite galaxies that exist Mm -hmm. and that we would be the smartest one like, yeah. Come on. Well, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and 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 I think I think it would I think it would be easy to make the assumption that if we're talking about life in the space that we know of that like it's out there like for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but what are we seeing that's here because we do know enough about physics now to know that you can't put a biological life form in a in a machine to get across this galaxy to here, you know, and make any kind of, and, and have it be the same thing that got here. I, it's just, it's too far away. So like, what yeah. are we, what are we seeing? And I don't, mm. I don't know. I, I just, I love thinking about that stuff. And, and whenever I see something new, I'm like, all right, let's go. Come on. But meanwhile, it is, it very much is right now. Like it is total chaos in the world. And they're like, 
there's just tons of UFOs everywhere and like that's also <laughs> happening and meanwhile we're you know a billion other stupid things are happening and we have to try to figure out what matters and what doesn't and meanwhile you're trying to figure out how to get rid of those fucking t-shirts I got t-shirts I got the skate park I got kids and the music stuff and the jobs and yeah. I got a and then the, the 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 watch and the clocks and ticking away and you're just like all right let, let I mean how can, what are you supposed to do we just don't have time to I know. And 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 that's that that also kind of crushes that conspiracy theory about like well the government knows they're just not telling you it's like dude the government isn't keeping anything from you like they they can't keep a lid on any anything it's mm. it's just people like there there's no secrets it's just you know it's just who has time to pay attention to what you know mm. there's secrets here and there but it, it's I think it's smaller than the something on that big of a scale you don't think they could keep secret. No, I, I think that, they, nor would they, why would we be the ones, you know, why would any government be the ones to keep the secret, you know, like. So that people don't freak out. I mean, that's always like why the government keeps secrets in movies. Yeah. <laughs> but people. To like that, maintain control we, of we, people's emotions. We, we can't agree on what's important on a day-to-day basis anyways. Like, yeah. I kind of think that like stuff like that hasn't made it mainstream because for so long, and this is just kind of newly changing, but for so long, like Christians were so like they dominated, you know, they, they were the majority in the country and Christians hate aliens because the (laughs) Bible doesn't talk about aliens, so they can't possibly exist. Right. And like a lot of the government and everything was, I don't know. So I think it was kind of something where like, they're like, well, we can't explain this with our religion and our religion is what's kind of controlling this whole country. And so we're just gonna, like, this isn't a thing that can be brought to the table yet. Hmm. That's my two cents on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, the more that I, the more that I know about the way that stuff is, is actually run. And I think, you know, at the higher level, like the politics is one thing, but, but when you start segmenting these organizations into what they are, they are run, you know, to, to a certain degree by professional people, regardless of their backgrounds. Um, and you're not wrong that I think, I, I think predominantly that you'd have a, you know, Christian ideology historically at the, at the, at the top there. But I mean, scientists that, you know, the, the science people kind of step outside, kind of have both, have a foot in both of those worlds, mm-hmm. you know? And I, yeah, more I, so now, especially cause I mean, for a long time, like the church just can like controlled the flow of information throughout like all of, you know, you know history really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you know whose history right and that's the other interesting thing when and i haven't had to get into it too much with with the kids or and i've never really argued about it with my folks either but like you know there, there's three the three major religions and 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 you know looking at the internet's the other thing you think that's the whole world but there's an entire part of the internet that's just not english speaking and when you start dipping your toes in, into that you're Damn, like yeah. i don't even get what this is like the internet looks totally different to somebody that speaks a different language yeah. or that has a different you know that that's coming at it from a different like uh isp you know so if you start to plug in um ideological approaches to reality using that mentality then you can see how like even history is like we're we're looking at it from this one side that we can only observe <laughs> yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah and you know not, not to say that we aren't the the predominant superpower and and have been you know but boy is that changing right now you know it's it's 
it, it's up in the air and man I'm I get worried I get worried but then it's just kind of like dude I'm not going to be a politician you know but it freaks me out that I'm 42 years old and I'm looking at some of these people right now I'm like wait a minute that guy's like five years older than me you know there's some of these people that want to be the ones out there like in the front of the camera or or in congress and you know older or younger and i'm like what is going on mm-hmm. i want younger people but i don't know where <laughs> <Not> that <young. laughs> well it's just kind of like i don't know where people where people's realities are rooted anymore yeah you know and it's not even a moral concern it's a like what is what is the grasp on reality that we're approaching here and i'm, I'm starting to see that like it's concerning <laughs> yeah where is it heading <laughs> like uh <clears throat> You know, to to kind of go back to the, um, you know, the birds aren't real movement thing, where it's like, or uh, or even like Tim and things like Tim and Eric. You know, like at one point it was like, this is so funny, because it's what if this was the reality? Yeah. And, but if you keep going and going, and now twenty years later, like. I was watching a stand-up special of, of Tim Heidecker, who I, I love, Tim and Eric. But it was like the entire thing it was a character. It was a, it was like a surreal experience. Like yeah, I watched even that. and even the audience was like a part of it. And it's like, oh, this is like if you're flipping through a Tim and Eric universe, this is a stand-up thing where the entire thing is the joke. And it's, it's this weird, weird, surreal thing where you like, like birds aren't real. And you know, like where it's a movement now where people are actually getting on board with it. And if, if that keeps going 20, 30, 40 years down the road, and then it'll be a whole bunch of different people going, birds aren't real. Wait, why did we start this again? Yeah. We don't remember because it was (laughs) so long ago where our, and everybody's in their own little cultures online. Everything is going to get more and more online until I think until a huge thing happens to where we have no other choice. What's the huge thing going to be? What do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be a huge fucking war. That's what my dad's hoping for. Hoping Ew, for? Why? Well, as a as a as a guy from the army, I mean, is that do you think that's a that's a part of every kind of military man's like mindset? I think and I I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and he means it in a cynical way, but if you look at someone who's 70 years old, the sort of like unifying force of history have been the world wars to, to, to a certain degree, the Vietnam war in terms of it being a, the, uh, I mean, I guess the Korean war in terms of it being sort of a, a turning point and then 9-11 you know which which is which sucks to think because you know 9-11 kicked off wars that were pointless but it was something that brought everybody together for like a week and that's what you mean <laughs> by 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 what your dad is saying yeah. is that there's always like a yeah kind of like after a wildfire you know yeah like all the everything kind of refreshes and yeah well and I, I just i wish there was a way to do it without like and 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 the stupidest thing about these world wars and 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 kind of the fact that we're perched at at the edge of one right now is like the people that are doing and we know it's like we know this we have so much history to know that the people that are doing the fighting are not the people that are sitting in the rooms 
make you know picking the fight and these are this is not bullshit (laughs) it is and 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 right now i mean you know and i again like my dad's cynical about it but also believes very 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 strongly in this country and in the fact that we're not quite done with fighting russia yet and that that's gonna that's happening we have so you know they've got a house in in gaylord and there's a family of ukrainians that have been living there all since the war started basically they my dad's had this family of people living there and oh, wow and he's been he started this foundation putting um non-lethal supplies that's right straight into the front lines that's something that that he's been doing and um and when i talked to him about it i mean i i know i know he knows a lot more than i know about what what's going on the the real real stuff he'll send me like cell phone videos of front lines shit that he's getting from people like and oh my god yeah it's crazy and and it's a very real war and and to watch us kind of coast through shit that we care it's like flipping channels like this this war is happening like very very seriously every single day people are dying that everybody knows that this family you know these people that that are standing at our our houses they're intimately tied and this is this is a very real thing happening but in the in the meantime we're kind of flipping through channels and it's just like is it going to take a nuclear meltdown at a at a nuclear facility or or putin to start dropping bombs and oh by the way like there are extensive sighting ufo sightings over kiev over the last really <laughs> a couple of tons but it, to me i'm like that's all drone it's got to all be drones like pro- okay let's let's call let's call a thousand ufo sightings over kiev let's call 990 90 of them drones and then maybe mm. the 10 usual ufos that you're gonna <laughs> miss but i think a lot of radars are looking at you know the airspace right now yeah. so of course you're gonna get whatever everything yeah yeah i don't know so it's just the okay but then you know and this is kind of bringing it back to where we are we get up every day and just this is just we're eight billion people on the planet surviving and living living their lives and trying to make sense of any of it but accidentally having access to all this other shit yeah and deciding what they think is important and what's real and what's not you know, yeah. and starting to, to even question if birds are real, and and <laughs> as as much as you're talking about surrealism, you know, Dadaism is the like the next thing. Like, what's that? Dada was the movement after World War One because like World War One was so horrible. It was it was right before postmodernism, if I remember philosophically. Dada was like an art movement and sort of a philosophy of like total meaning. It was like kooky, meaningless, like, like, like Tim and Eric. Mm, okay. That's, you call that surreal. It's surreal in that it's tied to something that we could call reality. But Dada is, if you look up Dada art, you know, it's, it's just wild, weird, it does, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but it's. I think, I think percolating in the background as well, um, you know, with our at least ideologies as far as like the internet stuff is concerned. <laughs> there, there's one of uh, it's called Prelude to a Broken Arm, and it's a shovel. Right. <laughs> it's just a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. It says, <clears throat> it says, in advance of the broken arm, also called Prelude to a Broken Arm, is a 1915 sculpture by Dada artist Marcel Duchamp, or Ducamp, who, uh, that consisted of a regular snow shovel from, uh, from another painting. Um, one explanation for the title is that without the shovel to remove the snow, one might fall and break an arm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, either way. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Very, but very interesting. But Dada goes in a lot of different directions. That's like, that's like, like the banana yeah. duct tape to the wall. Yeah. And calling that art. Right. Like, what, what Only the, those people. Yeah. 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 I and I think there was a, a degree of like uh, authenticity to the Dada art compared to the art stuff that happens now, where it's like anything can be anything. Yeah, it's like we got to have some. We do have to have some sort of like tether to reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But maybe we don't anymore. No, we do. <laughs> <laughs> like not right now. Not right now. But <laughs> but but I mean, I think as time rolls on and if things get harder and harder for people. Uh, socially economically you know if there's a war (laughs) i feel like you know and if if people have the choice like hey all you got to do is sign this and you can be whatever you want and you can go live in this fucking meta metaverse fake world i mean don't you think a lot of people are going to want to do that i'm talking about like the war or or Uh, i mean total luxury just as, as far as like if life just keeps getting harder and harder and worse and you know, like I, I have a hard time thinking that life's getting harder. Mm. Like, yeah, that's true. The problem, I mean, like if, the problems we're talking about, all these existential problems. Yeah, that are not. So, <laughs> and, and the thing that, and here's here's one more I'm going to throw at you is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you heard of this before? Mm-mm. So there's like, uh, this is another philosopher, and this is the things that human beings need to actually survive and like live life it's 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 pretty it's pretty minimal and i and i you know i i know of the existence of this but it's like food shelter and what else do you need yeah so it's uh it's a, it's a pyramid and at the bottom of the pyramid basic needs uh, physiolo- physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest. Um, it goes up to another basic need, which is safety needs, security, safety. Okay. Um, psychological needs, um, belongingness, and love needs, which, you know, intimate relationships, right, that's friends. What that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes up to esteem needs, which is the prestige and feeling of accomplishment. Okay, that's Self, a luxury. And then at the very top is self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities, which is like something we luckily get to do. Yeah. You know, I feel like, I feel like a lot of our psychological issues are like luxury are luxurious. And that's kind of one of the things about the, the victim stuff that, that happens in the world right now where you, you get to choose to be a victim of self-actualization. Like I can't be self-actualized right now. It's like, yeah, but, are you starving to death or burning or dying or freezing? It's like, no, like let's, let's walk down. I think that's a good way to check in, you know, with, yeah. um, when you feel, uh, and it's easy to say that when like all my needs are met, I'm fine. Like I've, I have not figured anything out, but like, I definitely know how to avoid the 
any any landmines I step on right now are completely stu- are things that I see. You know, I, accidents see. happen, but like it would take a horrendous amount of coincidences for me to really screw things up. But you know, it's that that's that it's these it's that last like ten percent of like man, if I could really self-actualized to my full potential that it just feels so to me it's like so i grew up catholic and like catholic guilt and like Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to feel fully fulfilled right you know so Mm. who are you to feel fulfilled yeah (laughs) fear of success or what's the what do they what do they call it fear of uh is it just fear of fear of success well it's that idea of like you life could be perfect if you just had this other thing you know it's like oh yeah but knowing what that is and 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 finding it but all again all of that stuff going or 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 getting that thing and it not doing the thing you it never does what you think it's going to do you you think that you want this thing and you get it and you're like that wasn't it and i mean again that's history that's we have a history we have we can have all this history look back and know and everybody tells us these things like it it's not money it's not it's not what you think success is you know and it's it it's so individual and also I think it's just built into human psych- psychology of like we are supposed to feel unfulfilled yeah. yeah that's how we do better right right yeah I mean when you're full do you like when you when you have like a great even when you have a great meal and you're full and you're like Oh God, you know, like I don't feel great. Like I feel terrible. I oh, like God. I got too full, you know, like I, mean, I want to feel a little, I, I can't wait till I'm hungry again so that I can eat again. Like with that, right. I mean, it's gotta yeah. be cycles, man. I, uh, went for a run the other day. Um, and, uh, Holly made like a big breakfast. I think we had like a bunch of chicken and potatoes and, Thanksgiving for breakfast. Thanksgiving for breakfast. <laughs> and I, you know, I poured maple syrup on it. I did all that, that, you know, fat guy stuff. And it was real good. And then, I, then I'm like, well, I still got to go for my run. And on my run, I ran for a little bit. And then I'm like, it just, it's different when you're full. You don't have that. In, I mean, aside from just being full, but I felt like instinctually I didn't need to run. <laughs> it was like all in my head of like, no man, you're good. You're full. You yeah. don't, you shouldn't be running and not even like, Oh, I'm just too full. I can't run. I was like, no, nah, I feel like it's gotta be on some weird primitive level where my brain is like, are you in trouble? No, yeah. you're fine. You don't need to run right now. Yeah. It's time to, yeah. And why I, are you running? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't even run other than, you know, I'm also full on top of it, but just mentally, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be running right now. I think there's a thing, yeah. you know, where it's like, if you get as full as I just did, <laughs> your body's like, no dude, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously we're doing pretty like, good. Like, Don't go chase down more food. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, that's, that's what your body thinks you're trying to do. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I, and I, like you know I'm like well you know eating this much before run it's giving me some energy right but like I don't know I think I feel it more when I'm like kind of hungry and I'm running because it's make it's just propelling you a little bit further well you know and I we're deep enough into this that I can talk about the plant stuff so I've been doing the the herb yeah sales thing I was at a uh a vendor day the other day and I was talking to a guy who's a grower and, and just talking about the ways that these um, sort of boutique growers are coming into the commercial side of things and 
and just like everything else, there's these awesome YouTube videos of growers, you know, showing up different methods and the ways that they stress the plants in order mm, to yeah. trigger certain terpene profiles in them. Right. And just the way that the plants naturally do that sort of stuff. But it, it's, it's as easy. It's, it's as simple as a scent or another plant being in close proximity to it and it, and it picking up on a certain profile stressing the plant out, you know, deprivation, you know, it's so weird. All, it's, it's all the same stuff that we do, you know, to a human, that you do to a human body, but just seeing the, just the, the, the intelligence of, of just standard plant life in that regard. It's just, it's automatic, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a consciousness the way we think about it, but it's just, it's just responses, you know, and, the idea that we're any more complex just because we think we're having thoughts about these things, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's just plant. It's just plants. It's like responses. It's so simple. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a B stuff turning, turning things on and off and making it grow a certain way. And then like, you know, behave in a certain, in a certain way. It's cool. How much can you talk about that? About the biz? I mean, I don't know a lot. I don't know. A lot, <clears throat> no, I mean about your, yeah, I'm. I mean, anything. I'm, Do you want to promote it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. I my buddy's brand, Freshy Fine. I uh, I've known this guy for a long time, and and great grower from uh, Ann Arbor area, and su always been super generous. And uh, because of my, you know, I never really we we always got along through like music and golf, and we we sort of live. You know, he I had kids, and then he had kids, and we just kind of live in life and being forward propelled people I yeah. think I never needed anything from him so um, and this is the way I think about you it you weren't the guy asking for weed I was the never time. the guy asking for weed <laughs> that's why he's uh, and so like I'm a pretty I was always a pretty trustworthy person to be around it right uh, but and then you know the brand popped off and I waited till or once things kind of like really got going he, he said he needed some help doing some sales stuff in the northern Michigan and, and I was like yeah dude I mean however we want to do that so I go around um, in my spare time uh, never at the same time as my regular job uh, <laughs> you know bringing samples having meetings with purchasing managers and doing wholesale uh, sales to dispensaries you know around nice. Michigan and it's been cool you know learning the learning that business learning that market um, the it's you know, it's interesting. There's a lot, a lot of new people and a lot of old people. And then a lot of like people from peripheral businesses and just, it's neat. It's interesting. And I've been doing vendor days and I did some stuff at Calcosha lounge. I went and did a gig and I'm trying oh, to like yeah. tie it into music however I can and all that sort of thing. But Calcasca is like the hub, right? Yeah. Is that becoming the weed place? Well, it's a good spot because um, Traverse City was med only and Calcasca is recreationally legal. So they're pushing all of the people that don't have all, all of the basically anybody that comes up north from southwest Michigan that doesn't have a medical card is going to go to Calcasca first mm. because well or you know getting getting there's more places downstate now too but like if you're coming to traverse city from chicago you're going to stop in calcasca you know because if you don't have a med card for michigan you're not going to buy weed in traverse city right you know so traverse kind of shot themselves in the foot on that but i don't think they're hurting for 
tax revenue and and there's still like nine or ten dispensaries in Traverse City that are fully functioning medical only but I think that's going to change yeah I didn't realize it wasn't uh yeah. Recreational. Well, I didn't either. I mean, these are all the things I learned when I walk mm-hmm. in. And that's the other thing. Like I'm not, an, I'm not a weed guy. I'm not like, I'm not like a super, I, I love my buddy and his family and I'm, I'm so tied to it that way that dude, if I was selling Parmesan cheese for him, I'd be <laughs> just as happy to be helping him. Yeah. But I just so happened to be selling very, very good herb and and it, it he makes it incredibly easy to walk into these places and it just it's like walking into a place with a box full of rolex watches you know and being like what do you think I'm like, <laughs> yeah. i mean do you guys like rolex or do you want casios right. and um but there's i mean everybody's not buying rolexes but yeah true there's we're not we're not making the same amount of Rolexes as we we're making Casios, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a thing that's figured itself out or is figuring itself out market wise to seeing the prices change. And definitely have a lot of people with a lot of different perspectives on that. And yeah, there's, yeah, prices are drastically all over the place. changing. Like, yeah, yeah, Loom like literally cut the price of a lot of its stuff in half. It seems like in the past. Yeah. So those are vertically integrated shops. The ones that are like the looms and the clouds and sky mint. Um, they are large. Um, and I, you know, I got no problem with, with this approach. They're large corporations that are vertically integrated, meaning they grow all their own flour and make their own products. They bring some outside stuff in as well, but it puts a lot of pressure on the market because they're able to grow high volumes of herb, Yeah, you know, um, for all their shops and they've got, you know, 36 stores throughout the state and damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and, and that's a good thing. You know, the, the reason why so many dispensaries have opened up in a lot of places in Northern Michigan and the UP is because loom bullied these townships into, you know, either we get a, we get a, you know, this is legal. So either you give us a license or we're going to sue you. Well, that turned into, you know, which is an asshole way to do it. But what it did is it opened up the ability for independent shops to come into those same townships. Cause the townships are gonna like, we're not going to get sued by this giant corporation. But Luma's bell tire. Like that's that money. That's bell tire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so they, so they are geared in that wow. they're geared in a corporate. Yeah. Okay. Know. And same with these other ones. There's, there's a lot of, and, and, and the, nothing, nothing wrong with, it. I mean, I love Bell. I get my tires at Bell tire. They, <laughs> they rotate my tires and they do great. And, and I got, I got no problem with Bell tire and I'd love to work with Loom too, but <laughs> <laughs> they do some things politically that are, that are detrimental to the, the grassroots like caregiver system that, that right. was sort of the spearhead of the, the culture in Michigan. Um, you know, the caregiver system was, it was the original legalization, you know, route. And now all those people are out of, out of business. They're getting, basically they're getting because, crushed, you know, because, because why continue to go to the caregiver when you can go to loom and get like a super cheap? Yeah. Is that how it works? Well, in a way, and the caregivers can't, can't sell to dispensaries without a, certain license okay so the vertically integrated licensed corporate structure um 
sort of puts a lot of downward pressure and like independent brands like ours, you know, we're a class C grow. So that's 1500 plants plus a processing license. So we can do concentrates and all that sort of thing. We have a CO2 concentrate lab and all that sort of stuff, but it, it, it does a thing to pricing, which pushes prices down just by, just by volume, because you're talking about making hundreds and thousands of pounds every month. It just is going to get you know, it, it's going to push the prices down. Yeah. S- supply and demand. Right. But the other, the other thing is learning how the state regulates the quality and tracks plants from seed to store. Right. I mean, that that's pretty interesting too. So, you know, I, again, I don't know a ton, but uh, learning it is, has learning about the, the market side of it's been interesting. That's like the most I've ever heard about it, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would love to see, I would love to see some independent shops in Emmett County and Charlevoix County and maybe we'll get there. And I've talked to the city commissioners in Boyne just asking like, Hey, what, what's going on with this? You know, they've, they've kicked the can down the road. It's not like they've said completely. No, I don't think anybody's come into Charlevoix County really swinging a big stick, like a loom or whatever is well, no, cause Emmett is looms and Emmett and Petoskey. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know if Charlevoix County has got any dispensaries. What's, what's Bel Air? Uh, That's Antrim. Antrum. Yeah. Antrim's got, got a handful. Um, but you know, I, it, it, it's just, we're in a little bit of a weird area, honestly, in yeah. statewide. I mean, I'm all over the state and they're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. It's, it's pretty interesting. And I think, I think five years from now, there's going to be like six corporations that own all the dispensaries. And there's going to be pockets of independents that, that are doing it here and there with three or four shops in some targeted areas. But I, I just see so much consolidation going on right now. So mm. yeah, which is, it's just the way the world is. I mean, I yeah. good or bad, I don't know, but people that are good at growing are going to figure out how to keep growing good herb. And I, th- I feel like the next thing locally would be like uh, some smoke spots. Yeah, the consumption lounges is what those are called. Oh, okay. So there's one in Kalkaska. I think there's one in oh. Flint, and there's going to be one up in Marquette that's run by Higher Love, and that's a multi-shop operation that's an independent um, uh, shop in the UP. They've got great stores. Really good, really good what shops. What is it called? Higher Love. Hmm. And they're going to do a consumption lounge and a I think distribution center from what I've heard. I don't, which is just kind of like a, you know, behind the scenes, like a way to move, move it around a little bit. Mm. But yeah, those consumption lounges are interesting. I went to Kalkushka. I've been there a few times. I did a, I did a show there. It's very cool, but it's, I mean, my experience with smoking weed is that like, I'm not great at being around people. Yeah, that's so what weird. I'm wondering. It's like, what? How different is the the consumption lounge uh, scene going to be from like the bar scene? You know, and, and it's mellower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. How does that? Because isn't it more illegal even, or or like there are higher consequences for driving after consuming weed than for driving drunk or similar at least? I mean, I don't know. I thought it was like a higher offense or something. So I wonder how that works. Cause obviously most people are driving themselves to these places 
and then getting high and then driving. Yeah. Well, and they were doing know? blood tests, but I just heard somewhere that they they have found that those tests aren't good. That was a bad bad thing because a lot of people got convicted and yeah. got got dinged on probationary stuff with, with a bad test, and that's going to be a bad lawsuit for some oh, sheriff's geez. offices. But I don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'd have a hard time believing that they're, I mean, I don't know how they're even testing people for it. Yeah. It'd be hard because I mean, it stays in your system for, yeah. you know, what? but also if they're going to camp out outside of consumption lounges, then throw a rock to any of the bars, you know I mean? What yeah. do you think is going on at those yeah. bars? You know? yeah. Literally. Hey, yeah. Speaking of med only Traverse city, I mean, who's got a booze problem, you mm-hmm. know, that, yeah. you know, that's, and, and, and whatever. I mean, nobody should be getting intoxicated and driving a car. But if you, if you put a gun to my head and said that I had to get drive driven home by somebody that was drinking or somebody that just smoked a joint, I'm like, go with the joint guy. Yeah. 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 All day true. long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it, they're they're doing like painting events and movie stuff. They're they're doing like theme nights. They're making it fun. It's that's cool. And it's not it's not awkward. It's a very cool vibe. I, I like I like being in there. The people are really cool. Um, I think they're figuring it out, you know, as they go. And I don't, you know, I think it's I think it's cool to see that it's like up here. It's, it's like, a. I mean, did you ever think? Nope. <laughs> No, I've watched the I've watched the mentality sort of fracture in Gaylord too because there's a ton of them in Gaylord and that's you know where my office is and I I keep an ear out and I try to keep a low profile on it in that regard but I'm like all right you know people they got a weird thing where like well it's legal and I'm like is that then that's your threshold for acceptance I'm like sweet I mean that's awesome I mean it happened with alcohol too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but that's I mean that, that culturally that's been around so much longer but but it's so funny for people to be like well it's if it's legal then you know and and I sort of do that that's an endearing aspect to the mentality in Gaylord you mean you mean people who like well I don't no I don't touch it it's not for me it's illegal yeah. well it's legal now yeah. so yep. you know what yes. it must be okay yeah. Yeah. well and I noticed like, that I mean even with my mom she went from freak because I got arrested for it back when it was like right before it was made legal mm-hmm. and she like freaked out and it was the end of the world and her baby was like you know a drug addict, <sighs> yeah. a drug addict. and then now she's like I talk about it you know I popped gummies in front of her and just yeah. you know we're gummies and smoked a joint with my brother in the backyard like yeah. and she's just like yeah oh these kids you know <laughs> i think culturally it's going to become you know as it gets more accepted by the by the northern michigan culture i mean it's just it's it's just michigan and and everywhere i go it's you know people have opinions about it but i you know you know that there aren't going to be people f- running around with their hair on fire screaming in people's faces because they smoked a joint like it's just yeah a way you know it's a it's a new business and it's a great business for people that are in that mode and then the folks that were always going to be smoking anywhere are just buying it from business owners and mm-hmm. not and, having to go to shady drug dealers yeah, yeah. And, as a woman i appreciate that yeah you know that's a great point i never thought yeah. about that but I, oh I, my god i met these vendor days and yeah you're coming into in the middle of the day into a place that everybody you know is there for to support that and 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 it is safe i never thought about that oh yeah dude i can't even tell you guys how many times i went and like sat on the couch of this like guy like in this guy's apartment that i didn't really know like 
okay, hopefully I don't get raped. I'm just here for yeah, cause you Because <laughs> you were addicted to weed. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you think about it, though, how stupid is it to have put myself in that situation for, you know, weed? <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, but, you know. But, but hey. traditionally, that's that's how it went. You, you, yeah, and you, you have to, to a smoke guy, a joint with the person. You got to sit there, yeah. Yeah, because girls don't sell weed, typically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, funny. Higher Love's... Uh, female owned one of the transport companies we are, uh, work with is female owned rise is female owned there's a lot of female owned yeah. cannabis companies yeah yeah that's cool which is which is awesome to see and and i don't you know i don't go around like waving the flag like hey guess what everybody i'm working with a woman-owned business because i think <laughs> right. it's like so annoying to be that person <laughs> but yeah. you know to the people it, it does matter and i mean like, it's great you know and and to to be like yeah, I mean, that <laughs> it's like it's great, but it's almost at some point like kind of degrading because it's like, hey, this is woman owned. Did you yeah. guys know women can run? Can you believe to, like, it? Yes, it okay, even we- works. <laughs> <laughs> it's woman owned and it's a functioning business and it's business. just as good as this one yeah. that's owned by a man like he yeah okay, we've been doing this forever can yeah. we move on using that as a marketing tool <laughs> like that that off. that's the threshold like yeah it's like cool awesome but i'm like yeah. it feels gross to be like it's weird I therefore mean, you should patronize yeah. my business well cause. and you know my mm. coffee shop we got a like some sort of small grant from the government during covid because we were woman owned take it <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Yes, but yeah. the you know male owned coffee shop down the street is just as important. Yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah, I don't know. That like, is that we're is not funny crippled how that because we're women owned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is all all of that. It, it's and that that does make me start to feel like oh, I'm a forty two year old dad, you know, because I'm like, oh. But my wife's the same way. She's just like we'll we'll send each other little things every once in a while. She's like, oh, can you believe it? You know, it's just funny to laugh about when that stuff is pushed in your face and be like hey look everybody look how good we are mm-hmm. look how oh, good yeah. we are <laughs> it's like okay it's like <laughs> i'm not a child <laughs> yeah well man yeah um so the skate park is gonna be out when it's out yeah it's gonna we, we can't really talk about any specifics we're gonna get location approval and then really start running with it yeah if this thing's not built in two years i'd be disappointed and, and then i'll also be trying to find somebody to help hand the torch off to mm, but yeah. i think in two years we'll have this thing will be really close to done that's is cool. my that's what i would like to see yeah it's my my assumption, just based on where we are. Right, like I'm saying, years. It's we're closing in on the as far as grant writing and all that stuff goes. We're closing in on the end of 2022 for some of this big stuff, and you know things got to move around. But if this thing's not skatable by 2024, I'd be surprised. Yeah. 24, 24, 25. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to plug? I mean, I'm not sure when this is going to be coming out. This It'll might be coming out in October. October-ish. No. And if and if you want, I can Dude, also do Dude, so it many things. I mean, it is just nonstop. October's, art, October's looking crazy. Diwali, Halloween. Oh, I'm just going through Apple dates. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the Vegas Skank Fest, that's going on. Oh, yeah. Sebastian. We're, so we're seeing... I've seen Tom Segura. We've seen John Mulaney. We're seeing Sebastian and Dan Soder this year. Plus, we're going to Skink Fest, so we're hammering comedy. That's awesome. Yeah, 
that's you, just that's just fun stuff for me. Have you seen Louis C.K.? No, I I wanted to get tickets, but he's not coming to Michigan. Chicago's as close as he's getting, mm. and I can't I can't do Chicago for a comedy show like that. We watched his uh, move. It was his movie, right? Fourth yeah. of July yeah. with uh, Joe List. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like Joe List is one of the <laughs> one of those guys, and Sam Morrill. Um, yeah, I just I just heard of him. Just found out about him. He's awesome. Yeah. Sam Morrill, Mark Norman, Joe List. Those three are huge. Mm. You know, Nate Bargatze was one of their like guys coming up. Right. Dan Soder. That's all like that generation was like the five guys that really are banging on it right now. Shane Gillis. Um, Shane Gillis. Yeah. He's, he's funny. That guy. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then just kind of like the, the concentric circles around that those guys are all like, that's all the comedians that, that are at Skankfest. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. And I think, I think Louis will be, I think he'll be there. I think like they don't say it, but I'm pretty sure they'll probably he, show up. Yeah, for sure. Cause, cause Joe's going to be there and, and they're still on the back end of that movie promotion right. thing. So that'll be cool. And yeah, I love, I love that world a lot. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. We're going to nerd out for sure. Absolutely. Christy and I. That's the one thing. Like, I can't drag her to certain shows. And it's nice to have separation in that regard. But sometimes, like, wouldn't it be cool to go down and see, like, Snarky Puppy in Florida? And then she wants to go see Fish in Mexico. And I'm like, I'd go to that. And, but, you know, but the, when it comes to comedy, we're like, we, we went down and back in a night to go see John Mulaney in East Lansing. Oh, nice. Yeah, we got back at, like, four in the morning on a Thursday to, to <laughs> oh be able God. to take the boys to school in the morning. And it was, you know... But I really wanted to hear what that what happened with him because he's you know he's another one that's on the back end of a, a big oopsie with his recovery stuff. What? Oh really? Yeah, he, John Mulaney. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I didn't know that. He he was super addicted to you know I mean the early if you listen to his early stuff yeah he was a big time boozer alcoholic and then you know he was like writer SNL you know clean cut you know clean comic all this sort of thing he had a real bad drug problem and he talks about it in this like this tour he's on right now is like this special that's going to be after this tour he's on right now is going to be him talking about that oh, wow. but like yeah it was it was not good and he talks about his intervention and that was really it's all fun it's funny it's great it's, yeah just <laughs> I, you wait I can, I can only imagine you yeah. know with him yeah he's great yeah, yeah. he's yeah we he's lo- like one of the few comedians i consistently like <laughs> yeah. yeah so so we saw his um what was the not the last one the not the comeback kid but uh Kid Gorgeous yeah. was the last one. We saw that in Detroit. That was the last. That was the last John Mulaney tour we saw. And then after that was like he went into relapse, darkness. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we love him. Yeah, he's he's good. Yeah. So yeah, dude, that's everything. Music, music, Botala, jazz quartet, whatever. I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well. Uh, Thanks for coming over, and let's talk about some uh, more UFO stuff off mic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Bye. Peace. Rep Your Set is a production of Quo Vadis Records. All content is for entertainment purposes only. Follow Rep Your Set on iTunes and Spotify, and don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and review. For any questions, email us at repyoursetwitheericdanejacqua at gmail.com. You can also send us the dates of your upcoming shows and any of your original songs that you would like us to share on the podcast.